0: Hello and welcome to Thursday afternoon here on Colombo and Katie on one News Talk STL. I'm Tony Colombo, my partner is Katie Fitzpatrick, and we are happy you are here with us. We've got a great show ready for you today. We are going to talk to Dr. Randy Tobler about an hour from now, just after three o'clock. Looking forward to that conversation as always. Uh, Also, a little bit later on this hour, in just about 40 minutes from now, we're going to talk to Stephanie Bell. She's a spokesperson for Missouri Stands with Women. Uh, This is a perfect day to talk to Stephanie and uh, hear about what her organization is working on, because uh, today is also the day that a brand-new ballot initiative is uh, uh, being promoted and is officially going to be uh, voted on by Missouri voters this November uh, initiative that would put the uh, the abortion law in Missouri back to what it was before Roe v.ersus Wade was overturned. Mm-hmm. So it would once again make— Abortion legal In the state of Missouri So That is happening That is something That is going to be On the ballot That is something That is going to be Decided By Missouri voters In November And uh, I know Stephanie Is uh, uh, Is going to have A lot to say About that issue And what people can do To stop that From happening If uh, That is what they believe And I know There are many in Missouri That strongly Believe that So looking forward To that conversation also here in just about 10 minutes, 15 minutes from now, we'll talk to Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks, who also joins us every Thursday afternoon. And with the, this abortion issue and everything else happening in the state of Missouri with the legislative session in full swing now in Jeff City, plenty to talk about with Justin. So very much looking forward to that conversation as well. I told you it's a packed show, so don't go anywhere. Um, let's start with some national news. Um Let's start with this. This is not necessarily a big news story, but it is something that I find to be really interesting. We've talked a lot about on this show about who ultimately is going to be Donald Trump's vice president, who are the people that are going to be a part of his campaign. And, you know, whenever that is announced and whatever that we get to that point of this race, that's obviously going to play a huge role. You know, whoever that person is is going to play a huge role in these debates and these conversations. As we get closer and closer to Election Day and headlines today out that uh, Donald Trump is praising Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are now, uh, there's chatter, rumors abound that she could be the vice president pick for Donald Trump uh trump is reportedly considering picking representative elise stefanik from new york to be his running mate in the 2024 election in meetings with his campaign staff he's reportedly praised her saying quote she's a killer after her interrogation of college presidents last month of course that's the famous uh, Claudine gay and you know that you know, the harvard and mit and all that um uh you know that mess that's what he's referring to there stefanik was asked about this herself and said, quote, I'm not going to get into conversations that I have had with President Trump. We speak frequently. I've said for a year now, I'm proud to be the first member of Congress to endorse President Trump for re-election, And I would be honored to serve in a Trump administration in any capacity. All right. This one seems... Like we've talked about names before, you know, people have thrown out names like, well, we talked about Doug Burgum earlier this week. People have talked about Vivek Ramaswamy. People have talked about, you know, him and DeSantis burying the hatchet and those two getting together on something. And none of those other conversations have ever felt like a good match or quite or very realistic mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. This one feels like it could be real, and yeah. it could be, and it, and it could be a really, a, a, a really powerful choice, a really good beneficial choice of the Trump campaign.
1: For a misogynist pig like Trump is, he sure does love Ah, the women, ah, doesn't he? ah, ah, He ah. sure does love picking strong, vocal, headstrong women to be press sec I mean, not that he's going to pick her, we don't know. But... Th- well, I is, like that. I
0: still like Sarah Sanders. So do too. I. Um, but this
1: is very on. But at least
0: Stefanik's not a bad call either.
1: If if she is part of the conversation with Trump, this is very on brand for him. Yeah. It, to me, at least, I feel like Kaylee McEnany, Of course, to me, you can't get any
0: better. Um,
1: so that she'll like, just
0: stick around. Do you think she'll just be press secretary again?
1: I. I mean, if she was press secretary again. I think it would she was be good at it, amazing. And she loved it. I think and she he loved was her. a killer. But she's yeah. moved on, on to Fox News. So who knows what she wants to do and if she wants to be in that line of fire again. But it just, it's very, to me, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Elise Stefanik, Kaylee McEnany, all of those people make sense. Sean Spicer did not make a lick of sense to me. But. This is very on brand for Trump is having a female that is strong in her beliefs that does not back down, that doesn't waver in her voice and can represent his administration with a clear head. Now, I will say that I think for some people that might be a little bit more towards um, extreme is not the word because now that's just been weaponized. Right. But for maybe but like she's a in that more, group. She's in that. Yeah. The power. Like, you know, the not powerful, I, you know. What is the word no, that I'm looking extreme for? extreme
0: is the word you're looking for, but you just don't want to use it because you don't think she's extreme. Yeah, but that's what the but that's the label that she's been. It's that label. It's come with such a negative That Marjorie Taylor yeah. Green label, which, Mar, which I'm not saying that. I'm not comparing the two because Marjorie Taylor Green deserves a little bit more than Elise Stefanic does. But what I'm saying is. That's the that's the brand that will be put on by the media and yes. by the left. Yes. As like she's just another one of these mega nut jobs. And, you know, when we need somebody that's more traditional, we need Mitt Romney. You know? Yeah, not, exactly.
1: Not uh, <laughs> uh, lukewarm. Yeah. And I also think Elise <clears throat> Stefanik has been someone probably is going to check me on this. But I think she has been loyal to Trump through and through. Oh, yeah, I she think has been. Even during January 6th, she didn't say any negative things. She was very loyal to him then.
0: So, of course. And the last time I i mean, we talked about her with this, uh, obviously, because she was in the spotlight during this um, uh, college president's you know, testimony thing. But before that, the only thing that I could ever re- remember, Elise Stefanik being in the news for was endorsing Donald Trump yeah. and being a, and being a big Trump supporter. So, yeah, I, think, so of course, I don't remember any, uh, her, I don't remember her not being there, you know, having the, having the former presidents back at any time.
1: But I guess, uh, but I guess the problem with that would be since she's a member of Congress, if she moved up to a press secretary, what would happen to her no, seat? No, vice president. A vice, oh, vice president? That's what
0: they're talking about her. Oh. They're talking about her being vice president.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought yeah. you said press secretary no, in
0: that. No, vice president. If I did, I, did, I misspoke. I, yeah, no, they're talking about her being a possible VP or holding another powerful cabinet position. But I think VP is the... I don't know.
1: I don't know how I feel about that now. I don't know. Yeah, press secretary was one thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm talking about Sarah Sanders when I talk about. I'm not talking about press secretary. Press secretary. I'm talking about why do vice I keep president. thinking that? Yeah, I think I Sarah know. Sanders would be a great vice president.
1: Now I have to think, and I have to reevaluate <clears throat> because I don't. I don't know. I haven't. Like re- I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, that's what they're talking about her. That's the that's the rumor, and this is like I said, this is the first time. This is the first one that seems to match with me. Like I didn't. I don't. I don't buy the other. I don't buy a Vivek Ramaswamy as vice yeah. president. I don't yeah. buy Trump and DeSantis making up um you know, and that and that being uh the the pick. Um you know, other conversations, other names that have popped up here and there. They've never never felt right to me. But,
1: but Sarah Sanders feels her? right
0: and Elise Stefanik feels right. What happens to her seat? Uh well it's probably up, well it's up in November, so there okay. would be an election, yeah. It would be up to her, I guess. At that point, I don't know. Every it's it's always a little different. I think it's sometimes it's different state to state. <clears throat> if she were to be, if she were to make that announcement that she's running for vice president, there's every chance that she would then not run for her for her Re- seats, yeah. and it would just be up for reelection. Or she could run for both, and you know whatever. And I then, guess I just have to give it up if she wins vice but, president. You
1: know. I just don't know how I feel about. I don't know how to put that together. For- for me yet. I don't know if Trump is going to do a Mike Pence and pick someone that is to me felt out of the blue but made a huge impact. Yeah. Or if he's going to pick a name that we recognize. That I, I well, don't and know. Well, that's the idea
0: that. that we were just tu- that I was just touching on the whole extremist idea, you know, there are going to be people out there saying that you need a Mike Pence. You need a you need somebody that's against, you know, that doesn't um um that's a little Unlike Trump, in certain areas, like Mike Pence was, you know, Mike Pence was the buttoned-up conservative conservative. <laughs> you know, I mean, conservative from like a a a uh, a lifestyle and a you know presentation standpoint, not just a political standpoint. You know, he was the con. You know, he was very conservative when it came to the, the way he led his life, and you know, the, all of those things. And so, people say, you know, well, that's what Trump needs—a counterbalance and. Somebody like Elise Stefanik would just be, you know, a mini me, you know, Mm -hmm. that just echoes what uh, Trump is saying. And I don't I don't agree. I think I think in 2016 it was different. I think he did need the counterbalance of somebody like a Mike Pence in the 2016 election to do to to win. But I don't think he needs that anymore. I don't think I don't think Trump needs to win over a certain sect of voters with the right vice presidential pick. I think he just needs somebody that is going to strengthen his and, and support his, his policies and his base. And I think somebody like Elise Stefanik or Sarah Huckabee Sanders checks those boxes perfectly.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I don't think he needs someone to boost up his conservatism, but Mike Pence, brought something special to the plate just besides that. And I think it was the sneak attack. I think it's just he was someone when the name was proposed and then he was the running mate. Everyone was like, okay, Mike Pence. And he, although he was very um, reserved and silent, he was a very strong asset.
0: Mm -hmm. So I don't know... He was great. He was he was exactly what Trump needed in twenty sixteen. But you're right. I, I don't, don't know. The, if I don't know that, that he needs that now. So interesting. Uh, with the first for the first time, I'm I'm hearing names and conversations that I find to be realistic. So we'll see how that uh, continues. Also, something I might be changing my mind about if we switch aisles, uh, switch sides of the aisle here. New York Post article today says that Michelle Obama could sneak her way into the 2024 presidential race, something that I have poo-pooed on for months, saying that's not realistic and michelle Obama's not going to run and why would she run you run you run for an office for two reasons you want money and power and the obamas have both of those things in spades they have the they have all the money and power that they could need so i just haven't been i just i just didn't find this to be realistic but as i read more and more of these articles I find myself starting to maybe believe that it is possible. New York Post columnist Cindy Adams wrote today uh, a piece uh, saying that Americans shouldn't be shocked if Michelle Obama, quote, sneaks her way into the 2024 race. Quote plans are to grab Michelle for the Democratic presidency presidential choice, making the music is Barack the orchestra leader. The Obamas are now nudging to force slow mo Joe to drop out. It's like who else is there? Adam said President Biden won't debate in that. Oh, the Obama drumbeat has gotten louder, and quote a Joe flop out offers probability Michelle. Could wiggle in. Obama's negotiating, Barack Obama, is negotiating to make that happen. If that's true, if Barack Obama is pressuring the Democratic Party to put Michelle in, Michelle's going to be in. Barack Obama has all the power in that party. Mm Mm-hmm uh adams uh cited a recent media appearance by michelle obama we talked about this the first former first lady revealed in a recent interview that she was terrified that donald trump might win in 2024 also barack has voiced his concerns as well last month a wall street journal report said that obama is among those on the left who fear a return of trump to the presidency Obama knows, quote, he this is going to be a close race and feels the Democrats very well could lose. The report stated, noting the information came from a person, quote, familiar with Obama's thinking. So that definitely I hear I am changing my mind on something else now. Well, I wasn't I'm not changing my mind on the Trump vice presidency. I'm just hearing something realistic for the first time. And now this seems to be coming more and more realistic because I really honestly didn't think that the Obamas needed more power or money, that they were fine sitting in the background, still calling all the shots and making all the money without having to be on the front lines uh, of dealing with it. But if that's not the case and these reports are true, that Barack and Michelle are negotiating, lobbying the Democratic Party to put Michelle on the presidential ballot, then Call it done because Barack, what Barack says goes in the Democratic Party.
1: Rob Carter on Monday said something that I didn't even think of before. And I too am the poo pooer of Michelle Obama entering, but he said that it doesn't matter if she does or does not want to enter. The only thing that matters is if the DNC wants her to enter.
0: And he said, Yeah, but the, on- D- but the DNC. It, 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 the D, what the DNC wants, they ask oh, Barack Obama, what do we want? That's true. <laughs> Barack That's Obama true. makes those but decisions his, for the But his DNC. greater
1: point that I was just trying to make, his greater point is, if there is power in an organization behind who they want to enter the race, it's going to happen. Yeah. Whether that be an organization like Barack Obama yeah. or an organization like the DNC. Michelle Obama, it's unfortunate to say, if it comes down to it, doesn't really get to decide her own fate. It's yeah. going to be up to these powerful yeah. entities of the Democratic Except Party.
0: Except that she's part of the powerful entity in this case. Yeah. Sometimes you're, it's not the case. Somebody like Tulsi Gabbard could tell you all about when the DNC, when right. your party turns on you, how all of a sudden you can have a great political career going but right if, along and all of a sudden you what, can just be shut down. To your down. point,
1: if if Michelle Obama did say, I don't want to do it, what do you think Barack's going to do? do? Do you think Barack's going to be like, yeah, Michelle, you don't have to do it then? Yes or do you think he's going to be like mm, I think no, I think the Obamas
0: are a team. No, I think the Obamas are a team. So and can, I think that Michelle Obama So
1: you don't think that she's going to enter the race then?
0: No, I do because I th- because Barack and Michelle are both, both pushing. According it. to these reports, are Got both it. pushing for it. Are both pushing for it and they run the DNC and I think that honestly, I think that Michelle has more ambition than Barack does. I think there's more of a chance that it's Michelle leading the charge for her to be the one on the presidential, not Barack pushing for something. Hmm. I think she I think that she runs the show even even maybe more than he does hmm. in a lot of uh in a lot of instances. So if that's the case, then I am starting to feel a different way about the idea of Michelle running. And by the way, also, we use words like terrified, you know, in these reports, how how. Uh, Michelle Obama is terrified about Donald Trump becoming president again. And we've we've read other reports from, you know, like other media pundits talking about how scared and terrified they are. Every Republican, every Trump sh- supporter should be terrified of Michelle Obama because Joe Biden is a pushover. Joe Biden should be beat by anybody running for president against him. Whoever the Republican is should beat Joe Biden in a landslide, because Joe Biden is a weak, he's a terrible president, he's a weak man, he's a mm-hmm. weak candidate. The Obamas, that's a whole different adversary and a much more difficult person to defeat in a general election. Totally. So, if you're a Trump supporter or a Republican you want to see Joe Biden's name on that ballad, not Michelle Obama, because that's a whole different story. It's a very entertaining election season and (laughs) we've got it covered no matter what no matter who it is but man that's a whole different ball game if it's michelle obama all right let's switch gears and talk about what's happening here in the uh, local area the state of missouri with the an update on what's happening in the legislative session as well as uh the uh the new initiative to make abortion legal in the state of missouri again we will talk about all of those issues uh and more with our Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks next on Columbo and Katie. Read the wind and the sky.
2: For podcast articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.
0: Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 1019 Newstalk STL. Joining us on the line as he does every Thursday afternoon at this time now is Missouri State Representative and member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus. State Representative Justin Sparks. How are you, Justin?
2: Hey, welcome. And I'm happy to be back. And I just welcome that wonderful, refreshing aroma of freedom. <laughs>
0: freedom in Missouri. <laughs> it smells good. Guys. It does smell good. I, it does smell good. I hope it spreads uh, across the state and across the country more and more. Um I want to dive right into some of these issues. We're going to have Stephanie Bell, who is a spokesperson for Missouri Stands with Women, in the next segment. we're going to continue this conversation. I want to get your thoughts as a lawmaker on this issue as well. It was announced today that they uh, the, uh, the group that is trying to legalize abortion in the state of Missouri again has uh, officially gotten an initiative on the ballot. So it will be something that is voted on in November by the voters in the state of Missouri. And uh, I know this is something that you guys are discussing, obviously, in the legislative session this year as well. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is another one of those constitutional amendment uh, situations, too, which is uh, you know a whole nother story about you know whether or not you like this issue or not, and want to vote yes or no on this issue. But also, should it be something that is discussed in the actual constitution of the state is a whole other story. But um, yeah. we knew this was going to be front and center this year, Justin. And now it looks like it's uh, going to get into uh, this, this debate is going to get into full swing, and it's going to be up to Missouri voters to decide if they're going to put uh, if they're going to legalize abortion in the state of Missouri again, or or keep it as is. What are your What are your thoughts on uh, this issue and the the momentum on on either side?
2: Yeah, I'm actually not afraid of going to the voters with this issue. Um some of my Republican colleagues are just super nervous uh and just like, "Oh, look at other states and everything. Missouri is unique and um uh, Missouri voters have a right to be heard and that's just how it is." And and frankly, um uh I've also I've also put forth a a house a joint resolution to define what a human being is in our constitution. I think that we should know and we should, as a people decide when do we believe a human is a human? What defines a human? Um, I think these are discussions that are worth having. I think that they're necessary. And I think that the results at the end of all of this uh, will probably surprise a lot of people. The only concern I have, and it's a valid one is deceptive language going onto a ballot. that says, Mm -hmm. do you believe that, women should have health care. That like right and because everybody believes that. Uh, do you believe women should have access to healthcare? Yes, I do believe women should have access to healthcare. Do I believe that a woman should take a baby and have it destroyed within her womb? A baby that has a unique genetic human life within her womb, uh, you know, two weeks before she's to give birth to that baby? No, I don't. And the polls overwhelmingly show that Missouri. Agree with me that Missourians are in favor of restricting ending a human life within the womb.
0: So, if you, so my one question is, my one concern is, and maybe I'm one of those, maybe I'm one of those, uh, those worried conservatives or libertarians that um, uh, you know I, I believe that uh, that one of the reasons that. We have seen abortion being legalized in states across the country is that there's no uh, there's no middle ground. There's no debate between the two and that uh, maybe the conversation of having a an eight week or a 10 week ban um, in place to stop late term abortions and partial birth abortions and these barbaric practices that are unbelievably being championed by progressives across the country. It's disgusting and uh, and just mind boggling. But, uh, unfortunately, and what you just mentioned, Justin, has a lot to do with it. Ballad language has a lot to do with why that is happening. I don't think a lot of voters realize just how unrestricted legalization they are passing across the country. But when it comes down to a simple yes or no... Unfortunately, we've seen voters across the country legalize abortion in many states. And I, I am afraid that that could happen here in Missouri if there's not uh, clear communication about what the results are or maybe some other uh, another option in there. What do you think of 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 my concerns?
2: No, I think it, I think they're completely valid um, and and. We would all be lying if we didn't say we didn't have some of those same concerns. We've seen the other states. Missouri is unique. Um but we've seen some of those other states and you kinda of scratch your head when you're like, Did you really know no, I don't think uh, they did. what you were voting for? I don't on. think a lot and of them didn't. didn't. No, they didn't. And and Tony, that's happened here before. Mm-hmm. You know, even on Amendment Three, so many people were, were open to some kind of uh, access to marijuana or medical marijuana or, or some kind of regulated uh, marijuana industry, right? We can have that debate and conversation. However, what most people didn't know was exactly what all went in in addition. And just the scope—it was unbelievable—and that's because nobody actually read it. And when I say nobody, that's a, that's a generalization. Most people didn't actually read it. I had people calling me on the day of the election saying, "What's Amendment Three? Is it good or bad?" Yeah. And I was just mystified. I was like, "Guys, you have to know what's beyond the ballot language—that 50 words that you read at the polls." Um, and this is what. This is why our system is struggling so much right now. This representative government that we have, this republic that we've been given, is that we, for so long, have lived in such peace and prosperity and such such an amazing system. We've all taken it for granted, and we don't have an engaged public or or an electorate anymore, and it's dangerous because things like what we're talking about can happen. And then once somebody does a deep dive, you know, somebody actually reads it Mm -hmm. and says, hey, you know what you just voted on? Mm -hmm. Most people are like, well, there's no going back because this is the constitution we're talking about and the constitution should not be so easily changed just like the United States constitution. We don't change that every year. There's a reason for it.
0: So what's being done in Jeff city to address that anything? Is that, is that one of the conversations? Is that one of the issues that you think will be in the forefront this year? So that, that is the conversation that we're having. And here's why in
2: the, uh, In the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate for at least like the last seven years or so, the number one priority has been a reform to the initiative petition process so that outside organizations, we've talked about this before, can't come in and spend a huge amount of money and get something into our Constitution that that nobody actually read and nobody actually knew when a, a small amount of people actually voted for it. So that's been the stated priority of the Republican platform for years. It was last year. It was the years before that, and it's still the same this year. So here's, here's where the rub is. It's three weeks into session and a bill for initiative petition reform has not been referred to the house or the Senate. And so I am happy to say we met with leadership in the house today And we were told initiative petition is going to be taken up by the House next week. And that is a very exciting development. And also, we have senators in the Missouri Freedom Caucus standing up right now in the Senate and saying... Nothing else. We will not be looking at any more gubernatorial appointments until the issue of initiative petition is referred and brought to the Senate floor. That is an amazing development. That is what the Freedom Caucus is all about. Simply saying... Here's what you said your number one priorities were, the Republican Party platform, number one priority, and you're refusing to bring it to the floor. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself why and we're not doing anything else until you do. And that's how things get done in this state.
0: I love it. I love it. I love the I love that that is, you know, that Somebody's putting their foot down and and making sure these things do get addressed. That's wonderful news, uh, Justin. We're talking to Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. That is great to hear. It's it's great to hear finally on one of these issues that we seem to all agree on that the constitutional amendment process is is ridiculous in the state of Missouri. I've heard so many guests and had so many conversations with people about how that's so bad and it's got to change. What? But it doesn't. And so like. If everybody agrees, then how come nothing's getting done? Well, finally, something's getting <laughs> done. How do you feel about the um, uh, the possibility of of getting it it cleaned up? And and what are the specifics of that? Is it something that will just that will go away by and large that voters won't be changing the constitution every n- November if uh, uh, if whatever proposal you guys uh, have on the table gets through? It just
2: clarifies this. It clarifies the process and it makes it. Uh, It doesn't make it more impossible for voters to change within the Constitution, nor would we ever want that. Sure, But we would want a process that would actually take the will of the voters throughout the state. Okay, this is like what we're talking about when we say concurrent majority of of either state house districts or concurrent majority of congressional districts and people's eyes start to glaze over. But here's what that means. It just means that. A sampling of people across the state would have an impact on whether or not the Constitution gets changed. So you can't overload the process in high urban density areas of the cities where you can get a whole host of voters voting on one issue while the rest of the state, the more rural areas, get completely dominated and no longer have their voice represented. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that whether you live in the great Northeast, Northwest, Branson or St. Louis, your voice and your vote
0: matters. Amen. Amen. And uh, I hope that this goes through. I hope it goes through easily with not with not much uh, opposition. And if there is opposition specifically from so-called conservatives, please let us know so we can call those people out for uh, not acting in the best interests of, of Missouri voters. Justin, before we let you go uh, outside of the uh, of the constitutional uh, initiative, the amendment process, What else are you personally working on uh, and or maybe it's all through, uh, maybe it's all the same answer, uh, the uh, Freedom Caucus working on?
2: No, I mean, the the Freedom Caucus is simple. We're simply championing the Republican Party platform in Missouri. Education reform, medical freedom, and uh, hopefully crime and punishment, right? Some good criminal justice measures. That will penalize people running from the police and try to get some some crime under control in some of our major cities. These are all super basic, and you have to ask yourself why. It's so hard to get Republican Party platform stuff done yeah. in a big red state, yeah. and that's what it's all about. Let's get it done.
0: I think we're all sick of asking why and are ready for those things to get done. So uh, good luck to you, and thank you for the update. And We love talking to you each and every week. That is Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Thanks, as always, for your time, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, guys. Yep, I got you. Great stuff there from Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. And we will continue the conversation specifically about this new initiative that uh, has been announced today. The group Missourians for Constitutional Freedom are being joined by uh, groups like the ACLU and Planned Parenthood and have announced a new initiative that will be on the ballot this November that would put... Uh the abortion law back to what it was in the state of Missouri before Roe versus Wade was overturned. Uh wanna continue uh that conversation with Stephanie Bell, who is opposing that with her group, Missouri Stands with Women. Uh, we're gonna talk to Stephanie about that issue next here on Colombo and Katie on 1019
2: and 941 News Talk SEO.
0: For podcast
2: articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. You're
0: listening to Columbo and Katie. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 one News Talk STL. Big thanks to Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks for his time in that last segment. And now, uh, taking part of that conversation that we were having with Representative Sparks and moving it into uh, this segment with Stephanie Bell. She's a spokeswoman for Missouri Stands with Women. And Stephanie, a uh, perfect day to have you on and to uh, talk about your group and what you are working for because as we announced uh, a few moments ago, uh, another group here in the state of Missouri... Uh, called Missourians for Constitutional Freedom have just announced a medical, or a constitutional initiative that will be on the ballot in November that would return the state's standards uh, when it comes to abortions back to what they were before the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court uh, overturning that uh, the the Roe v. Wade decision, and uh, would then you know make abortion legal in the state of Missouri again. So um, with that news happening a perfect day to have you on so really appreciate your time and for being with us this afternoon thank you
3: thanks yeah thanks so much for joining uh, for letting me join you today and you know that announcement came this morning and it would do more than that it would do more than just return us to a pre-Dobbs world it's extreme it's funded by out of state interests, and we don't want to see taxpayer funded abortions here in Missouri our coalition launched on Tuesday Uh, I'd invite everyone to visit our website it is mostandswithwomen.org and we're really about protecting all of the hard work uh, pro-life groups and organizations have done for so long in Missouri. Uh, enacting laws that do three things: protect dignity of life, the safety of women, and parental rights. That's what we're about.
0: Amen to all of those things. And I think that uh, one of the conversation, one of the things that we we're just touching on with uh, Representative Sparks and another con- in a conversation we've had many times on this show, uh, and you just touched on it right there about. Uh, communicating accurately just what voters are, you know, approving when they vote for something like this um, in the ballot box in November. We've seen it across the country. Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of um, um, uh, states reverse the decision and 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 make abortion legal again across the country. And I think a lot of it has to do with voters not having a full understanding that they are they they are legalizing. Late term abortions, partial birth procedures, all of these barbaric, limitless, disgusting, um, actions. And they just, you know, they don't realize, and it very carefully, you know, this is very carefully covered up by the groups that are purporting these types of of initiatives. Uh, you know they don't realize how much they are actually legalizing when they vote yes on this. So I think that uh, communication and awareness are a big uh, a big factor in um, in fighting this fight coming in November.
3: You're exactly right. I mean, our number one priority right now is to educate people about these measures. And part of the confusion, honestly, I mean, it started yesterday with their release. They're having to mislead their own side because they have people in their movement that want abortion right up until the moment of birth. And so we're already seeing miscommunication in Missouri. Of course, we've seen it around the nation and in other states. And their, divide, their coalition is divided. Um, we saw an article this week from the AP talking about that division nationally. But we've seen it here in Missouri, two different individuals filed 17 separate pro-abortion initiatives. The, the timelines were all different. Some drew the line at 24 weeks, some at gestational viability. Some include uh, rights just to abortion. Some include all sorts of different rights, which is the one I think they decided on. Um, they also were at odds about what exceptions they want uh, to, that they deem appropriate. So the division, is, it, it just leads to uh, that confusion. And right now, uh, we're just encouraging everyone to get educated. These things are posted um, on uh, on the Secretary of State's website, and of course, they are extreme measures. Uh, I, you know, as a mother, I I seriously have concerns about stripping away parental rights to be involved mm-hmm. in our children's lives. Right now, the measure that they say that they are pushing uh, has no provisions for parental notice or consent
1: for minors seeking abortions and that that really has me concerned. Stephanie, you gave a statement that I wanted to highlight and it has to do with the un- unregulated taxpayer funded abortions that you just mentioned earlier. If abortion supporters get their way, and as you said it's much more extreme if it happens before the overturning of Roe versus Wade. If abortion supporters get their way, what do the facilities look like that abortion could happen in what do the doctors look like i mean do what is the approval process are we talking about complete unregulation or are we talking about just at a planned parenthood how far could they possibly go You know,
3: I think that question ultimately ends up in the courts, and that is is extremely concerning. I think we will end up with with extremely unregulated abortions. I don't think their coalition is in favor of having doctors perform abortions. And as far as the taxpayer funded, you know, they're going to try to say that well, it's not required that taxpayers fund abortions. But in the court case, it went up to the Western District, and even the court noted that proponents conceded that the initiatives that they are looking at here. Uh, would actually result in a challenge to the current state law that uh, forbids public funds for abortions.
0: So, Stephanie, I want to get your thoughts on on this, because, uh, again, the the timing of this is so perfect to be talking to you today on the day that this um, constitutional initiative uh, has been launched by this group of Missourians for Constitutional Freedom, which, by the way, is made up of the ACLU. Abortion, Action Missouri, mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood. So those, yeah. those are the groups that are a part of we Missourians for Constitutional Freedom. But I want you to react to a part of the statement that they put out today. Uh, a, a statement read, quote, Politicians in Jeff City are endangering the lives and well-beings of, of of patients across the state. Today, Missourians are taking a critical step to make their own medical decisions and kick politicians out of the exam room. What are your uh, I mean, what are your issues with uh, some of the miscommunication? I mean that doesn't uh, that doesn't really say uh, at all what this group is is trying to accomplish.
2: <clears throat> it's it, it's
3: just ridiculous, and I mean look at some of these restrictions that we currently have and, and that we've had in the past. I mean I have concerns that this is passed. That we would have abortion facilities that would not need to be near blood banks, uh, abortion facilities where they don't have hospital admitting privileges. I mean, these would strip away regulations that protect women's health. Uh, I, I don't know how you could talk about. I mean, it actually uses the word abortion care. That would be enshrined oh. into our constitution.
0: Ugh. Well, that, you know what you do, and what you just touched on there. The uh, the other really scary part of this is that if it does pass, it's. It's part of the constitution of the state of Missouri, which makes it then if people do realize that they voted for something that maybe they're not on board with and they want to try to change that, change it or or restrict certain things. It's a much more difficult process once it's once it's put in the state constitution. So Stephanie gets back to that conversation about awareness of exactly what this bill is and exactly what you guys are fighting against and making sure that voters have full awareness of what they're voting on in November?
3: It certainly would. I mean, it would enshrine the right, quote, to reproductive freedom into our Constitution. It would use the words abortion care. It also uses the word pregnant person. And again, that would be in our Constitution, which is not, you know, despite a lot of the recent debate, is not an easy change. They will need to collect uh, 8% of signatures from the gubernatorial votes in the last, um, in 2020, in six of the eight congressional districts. Um, that means they need a minimum of approximately 170 thousand signatures. But you're right. You know, if, if at some point we decide that needed to be changed, we would you know the, the we would have to meet that same requirement to make any changes.
0: Stephanie Bell, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Hope we can get you back on to continue this conversation. It's obviously going to be a very hotly debated topic all through the year, all through this election year of 2024, both nationally and, of course, here in the state of Missouri. So I hope we can continue the conversation with you. In the meantime, uh, remind people one more time how they can learn more about Missouri stands with women, how they can learn more about your organization, get involved um, if they uh, feel so inclined.
3: Certainly. We have every confidence that we all have the resources to educate folks. And when they get educated on this ballot me- measure, they will stand for women just like we are. The website's mostandswithwomen.org. You can uh, put your information in. You can make donations and learn more about our coalition on the website. Again, mostandswithwomen.org.
0: Stephanie Bell from Missouri Stands With Women, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And look forward to talking to you again soon in the near future. Have a great rest of your day.
3: Yes. You too.
0: All right. Yeah, good stuff there.
1: Perfect Th- this timing. is so
0: intense. Perfect timing on this conversation because so intense. It's already been a hot. It's obviously the abortion issue is always mm-hmm. a big spotlight issue in any election, but today was like the like the starter's gun went off. Like this was it is officially the beginning of of this debate in the state of Missouri. With the announcement by um, this this other group, the the Planned Parenthood ACLU group, um, about their constitutional initiative that would once again make abortion legal in the state of Missouri with a lot of uh, restrictions, a lot. A lot of restrictions not existing. (laughs) Whatever the opposite of restriction. A lot of, yeah, uh, 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 a lot of non-restrictions on that uh, process as part of that. So uh, important to get the uh, the, the voices of the other side and Stephanie Bell and her group there, Missouri Stands with Women, uh, into the conversation as well. All right, we are going to switch back out to some uh, national news. Ron DeSantis has uh, shared a... A campaign regret. I'm going to get into that and more with Dr. Randy Tobler next.